Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another episode of the Mav Podcast. I am John here with our special guest today, Jason. I'm back, friends. <laughs> yeah, Jason, it is great to have you back. Uh, as we talked about uh, a few episodes ago, uh, Jason's daughter, Lexi, plays uh hockey uh with uh, an outfit out of uh, kansas city his daughter maddie is involved with multiple show choirs here in omaha so it has been a crazy crazy uh first part uh, of 2024 for you guys yeah they've uh they've really packed us into the start of the year but the good news is that's kind of all letting up and we can focus back on omaha hockey and the mav puck family Yes, it's great to have you back, uh, Jason. Uh, also, I just want to thank uh, Bridget, uh, of course, for filling in the last month. Uh, that Absolutely. Was, that was very nice of her to do because... Uh, yeah, I super appreciate her taking taking the bullet for me for those uh, like four weeks we said, right? Yeah, that was crazy. Four, uh, four weekends in a row, but, uh, but here we are. Uh, and we've got some uh, exciting hockey uh, to talk about that took place uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan against the Western Michigan Broncos. But before we talk about that, we've got to talk about our official merchandise sponsor uh, for the Mab Podcast this season, Lawler's Custom Sportswear. You know, we're getting down to the nitty gritty of the season. We've got a bye week coming up, but we've got the final three weekends of the regular season coming up for uh, the UNO hockey program. Two of those series, one against Colorado College and the other against North Dakota to cap the season, uh, are going to be at Baxter Arena. So, Jason, folks might want to uh, get some uh, new UNO hockey gear here for the uh, final stretch run. Uh, and if you'd like to check out any of the merchandise, uh, check out uh, Lawler's Brick and Mortar store on 84th Street uh, at the Next Home Series. You can certainly check out Lawler's booth uh, at Baxter Arena or any time of day, check out uh, Lawler's merchandise at lawlerscustom.com. But we've got to turn to our series up at Western Michigan. We knew going in that this was going to be a tough series. UNO was coming off a couple of really good series, a great road swing up uh, at St. Cloud State, and then uh, UNO's first uh, conference sweep of the season at Baxter Arena against Minnesota Duluth last weekend uh, but we were headed up to the rough and tumble confines of Lawson Arena at Western Michigan Bridget and I have been up there several times we took a couple of bus trips up there a fun old school barn built in 1974 uh, boy interesting game on Friday night and 522 into the first period uh, Western's Hugh Larkin puts the Broncos up one to nothing um, Jason Omaha challenged that goal uh, for offsides. Uh, they did, and it took them a while to review it, which I thought was odd because, you know, unlike when there's video feeds from Omaha, as I've learned over the past four weeks, uh, they actually showed replays uh, on, on NCHC TV. I mean, I knew it was close going in, but then they started showing the replays, and I'm like, that is clearly offsides. But they... Yeah. Uh, I don't know where they were looking, honestly. Like, I really don't know because, I mean, it seemed 
pretty obviously offsides to me. Yeah, it definitely seemed offsides to me as well. So very interesting. Uh, you know, ultimately lost uh, the challenge uh, and Coach Gabinette lost his timeout. Uh, and one interesting note I learned in the club lounge at Baxter Arena, there is a TV that is dedicated to all of those replays that the rest of us don't get to see in the arena at Baxter Arena. So I thought you might find that hmm. uh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, WMU is up one to nothing. Uh, and then uh, about four minutes later, uh, Western Michigan's Luke Granger, uh, one of their Hobie Baker candidates, uh, puts the Broncos up two to nothing. Western Michigan is up two to nothing uh, after one period. Uh, what did you think of UNO's uh, chances at that point, Jason? I didn't think we had very good chances. I didn't think we played very well in that in that first period. Like we were... You know, we were level with them in shots. We had opportunities, but it just seemed like everything was coming off of, you know, broken plays, misreads, things like that by Western Michigan more than it was us generating and creating opportunities. Um, and that's really hard because you got to you you can't rely on that, right? Like if you're playing a good game, if you're um, creating opportunities and challenging pucks and, you know, staying high on your attack, things like that, uh, you know, you can kind of anticipate generating some opportunities as the, as the game goes along, but that wasn't the case. We were relying pretty heavily on mistakes by Western Michigan to kind of start our cycles and, and get us going in the offensive zone. And I just, I didn't think Western Michigan was going to hold to that. I thought they were going to make adjustments in the, in the intermission and, and we'd see a different club coming out in the second. And, and we really did. Western Michigan was, was very dominant in the second period. Uh, UNO was still kind of chasing everything. Yeah, second period, only one goal was scored in the second. Uh, it was a tipped shot from the points uh, by Sam Colangelo for uh, Western at the midpoint uh, of that period. Uh, Western Michigan was up three to nothing after two, so not a good position for uh, UNO to be in uh, on the road uh, after the uh, second frame uh, at Lawson Arena. Third period, though, UNO began... It's attempted comeback early in that third frame. 37 seconds in, Tanner Ludke. Uh, the shot caromed around a bit, but ultimately went past Western's camera. UNO narrowed the lead to three to one, but about three and a half minutes later, Western's Alex Bump regains the three goal lead uh, for the Broncos. It's four to one Western. Um, about 3.05 left in regulation, uh, Jason. Uh, Jesse Lansdell had what we thought was going to be UNO's second goal. Uh, the goal was initially reviewed to see if it crossed the goal line, which it did, but then it was reviewed again for goaltender interference, uh, and the goal was ultimately called back. Yeah, and you think back to the review in the first period, it makes me wonder if, you know, there there's weird rules about what they can look at and what they can make a decision on when they go into those reviews. And this was one of those, like when they went into the review box, they specifically said that they were going in to review whether or not the puck crossed the line, which means as long as they were taking in that box, the only thing they could come out of that review and say, at least according to the rules are, did it cross the line or did it not? Um, and so my guess is, is that they were looking at it and saying like, oh man, there's, we're going to get this. They're going to challenge this. Let's just make the determination now if we think that that's goaltender interference, because then we can go over to the coach and say the puck crossed the line. 
I can tell you right now, we looked at it. I don't think there's going to be goaltender interference. If you want to use your challenge, you can. Um, but in this case, I think they kind of looked at it and said, yeah, he, you know, he absolutely pushed the pad and not the puck. Uh, that was the, the determination that I heard was that that was what the refs looked at. Um, because the rule is like, you can push the puck into the pad, into the goal, but you cannot push the goalies pad into the goal. And then the puck, um, crosses the line. And so, you know, my guess is that that's, that's kind of what they were looking at. It makes me wonder going back to the first one though, you know, I was looking at the guy that's right by the linesman, you know, that's kind of on that, that far side of where they have the cameras on the first goal that, that got called back. Um, I'm curious if they thought it was a different player. And I had mentioned this to, um, to the family when we were watching it, like there's another player who's kind of coming out of the zone and he, he, he does just like a little button hook to get back in. And I wonder if all of their focus was on whether or not he got out to come back in and they never looked at the guy that was clearly off sides at the top of the, the play. Right. Yeah. I completely agreed. I wondered the same thing. So uh, yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, very, very interesting uh, review scenarios that went on during this game. UNO ultimately goes on to lose the game uh, six to one, a tough start. As we know, uh, Western Michigan is known for having uh, those talented and uh, productive uh, forwards. Uh, we've talked over the past several seasons, guys like Ethan Frank, Ryan McAllister, Jason Pullen, uh, just uh, a lot of really uh, talented uh, forwards uh, on that team. So uh Going but to that the... point, though, John, oh, we never yeah. really made it hard on him. You know, we let them put 41 shots on goal. I mean, you just you can't go into a road game in a conference like ours and say we're going to be successful if we love 41 you know, shots on goal. We got outshot 14 to I think it was like 14 to two or 14 to four, something like that in the in the second period. It, I mean, it's just like you got to you got to give yourself a chance and you're not giving yourself a chance if your defense isn't limiting opportunities if you're not selling out and blocking shots um you know if you're not generating offense and and the best defense is a good offense we control the puck in our zone and it's an entirely different game uh and we just could really never do that uh you know and i'm sure that the coaches looked at it and said like you have to make adjustments but you know, this lose Friday, win Saturday things, it makes it a hard, it makes it very difficult to climb conference standings. Um, when you're looking that and when you're playing against teams like Denver and Western Michigan that are, you know, very talented scoring teams, you know, you, you just, you really have to look at that number and say, you know, we've got to cut those shots in half. We need to have them in the twenties, not the forties. So going into the Saturday night game, we were hoping uh, we were hoping that we could uh, salvage the splits uh, 424 into the first Western's uh, Luke Granger puts the Broncos up one to nothing. How are you feeling early on in that period, Jason? Not great. Not bad kind of thing. It seemed like it was a little bit of a, a mediocre kind of thing early on. We were playing better, but not great. It's that kind of middle set of the first period that we really started to kind of find our game. Um, we started jumping some of their exits. Uh, and I don't know if that was just a, an adjustment that the team made that we wanted to give our forwards a little bit more freedom to step into those lanes and try to generate those, knowing that you're going to be a little exposed if you don't get it. Um, but that seemed to really work for us in in that first period and, and certainly helped kind of, um, I don't want to say like turn the tides, but like give us some momentum, some signs of life that we really didn't have on Friday. 
Yeah, 847 into that period. Matt Miller ties it up for UNO on the power play. A game tied one to one. Then later in the uh, latter half of that first period, uh, Western's uh, Hillebrand scores on a breakaway, puts the Broncos up two to one. Two to one Western after the first period. But like you said, we felt a little bit better uh, about UNO's chances uh, at that point compared uh, to the same. Uh, same point on Friday night. Two to one going into that third period, about midway through the third. Our captain, Nolan Sullivan, ties it up for UNO on the power play. Pure effort goal by Sully in front of the crease. Yeah. And that's where him and Miller both like the, that's kind of where their game relies. You know, they're they're good in those grindy areas. Uh they do a great job in front of the net on the power play. Both of those goals being power play goals like that's that's where we've seen the most success over the season on the power play is when those guys going to get traffic in front, you know, find a way to kind of take the goalie's eyes away. Uh, and our defense does a better job of getting shots through um, or we move low, low forwards through into the slot uh, because those are the types of things that kind of open stuff up. And, you know, you get a good shot on goal and a loose puck in a danger area. And and a guy like Sullivan, guys like Miller, like those are the guys that in those areas can just bury those pucks. Absolutely right. The game is tied two to two after three. UNO held Western's power play, which is ranked 13th in the nation coming into this series. Uh, scoreless on five attempts during the game, including two five on three uh, power play attempts. So once again, Jason, once again, UNO goes to the five-minute, three-on-three overtime, uh, a familiar place uh, for the Mavericks, and they've had uh, a lot of success uh, in that. And uh, at the midway point uh, of that five-minute OT, UNO Zach Erdahl, who had a nice weekend, uh, gets the game-winning goal for UNO. The Mavs win 3-2 to two in overtime, and uh, UNO leads the NCAA in most OT wins. They are 7-1 and one in OT this season. God, Jason and I wish that uh, some of those games, they could have uh, gotten it done in regulation. Well, especially now, if you're not willing, winning in regulation, it's really hard, like I said, to kind of climb up the standings. Because, you know, you're chasing a team like Western Michigan, you're a few points behind them. Yeah, you got two points, but you gave them one. And if you keep giving away points to, to teams, like especially teams that are ahead of you, you're just you, you, you're never going to catch them like you're just not. And so, you know, we really need to find a way to get it done in regulation. Um but, you know, it's good for them. Like, we're a team that just doesn't back down. And, and you know, it's it's fun. It's exciting as a, as a as a fan, right? Like, we, boy, when he scored, when when Zach comes around and then kind of curls around and then fires that puck, you know, right under the bar. And, and you're just like, this is, that was awesome. And, but it's like, then you get into something like this and you start going, oh, man, we really needed to find that goal in the third. And capitalize on another power play something you know something somewhere like get one of those pucks to go in something to get us away with a 3-2 lead in regulation instead of a 3-2 win in overtime. time so absolutely it's been part of the story for UNO this season but like you said they don't give up and uh the three-on-three overtime uh, is always uh fun and exciting to watch so uh we've got to talk about our players of the week Jason who did you like as your player of the week uh, in the series up at Kalamazoo against Western Michigan. 
I don't know. Like it was hard because I think there's a lot of guys that had a really good Saturday, but didn't really notice them a ton on Friday. Um, you know, Bremer's one that we've talked about before. Big fan of his game. Um, love the way he plays. He was a little too quiet on Friday for me, but, you know, he had a great game on Saturday. So it, it's hard for me sometimes because, like, I always want to find the guys that have complete weekends and not, you know, just one game. Um, so, I, you know, I'm going to go back to our captain, Nolan Sullivan. Uh, you know, I know it's been talked the the last few games about his performance on faceoffs and things. And I think sometimes that gets overlooked by fans is, you know, what that does for, for the team, uh, even when he's not on the score sheet. And so I was happy to see him get a power play goal. Yeah. Get on the sheet there, but just he's, he's one of those him and Matt Miller, like we talked about before, like those are two very reliable guys. They play the same way. Every game you can count on them to play this way. Uh, they know what their roles are. They know what their jobs are, and and they do a good job of it. Um, so, yeah, I'll I'll pick Sullivan this week. So who uh, who's on your list? Well, I was going to pick Sullivan. So uh, Jason, uh, totally, but I completely agree with that pick. Of course, he had that key goal. Uh, in the Saturday victory uh, against uh, Western Michigan. He's tallied points in the last three series. He has four goals, five assists this season. Certainly uh, from point production is not a statistical giant for UNO. We've talked about his importance uh, on face-offs, and uh, it's just great to see the the grizzled veterans on this team uh, having success down the stretch. So no, Nolan, uh, great, great pick. My other choice that I was going to pick in case you picked Nolan Sullivan was uh, forward Zach Erdahl, who I have picked before. Uh, he had the game-winning goal in OT on Saturday night, eight goals and five assists this season, transferring in from Wisconsin. Seven of uh, those 13 points uh, have come since January 1st. And uh, I've been really impressed with uh, Zach Erdahl of this season, Jason. A lot of the guys that we've had that we got out of the portal have done pretty well for us. Um, Absolutely. You look at a guy. Yeah. You look at a guy like Kevin Conley was one of the, one of the first who uh, really had a lot of success for UNL. Yeah. And you know, that's a, you know, it's an, it's a new thing, right? Like with, with coaches and, and, you know, there's some coaches that I think just, you know, maybe out out of nostalgia, you know, the grizzly old vets kind of things, like they just don't really rely on the transfer portal, you know, very well. Um, You know, there's other, other people who like Gabnet who seem to kind of look at it as like, this is the way we're going to, you know, we're going to get things done and, you know, we're going to lose players out of it so we always got to be prepared to kind of go out and grab you know some players um seth isley like has been been great for us um so yeah so it's good to have them kind of come in with some some fresh blood the the challenge for us you and me the the pundits the you know and even the fans and the trolls that are gonna bombard the comment section right like the challenges is like what do you do next year kind of thing because you're bringing in a lot of these guys that are, this is their only year of eligibility. And so do they stick around? They can't stick around. So they're going to leave, you know, and some of these other guys that you bring in is as sophomores and juniors and stuff. There's always that question of, do they stick around too? So um, they they already bailed on one team and they can bail on another. And 
there's no rules against it. So it's it's hard to kind of plan out when you're seeing that. But he has been a great addition for UNO this year, for sure. He has a junior this season. And like you said, it's going to be interesting to see if he uh, stays uh, stays around next season or uh, if he has uh, minor league uh, aspirations uh, in his sights. So, uh, as always, it's uh, an adventure with the transfer portal. So it'll be interesting to see. But we touched on this uh, a few moments ago, Jason did. The NCHC standings, uh, something that we've been talking about the last few weeks uh, as we've been in this uh, second half uh, second half NCHC grind. Uh, the Mavs are currently sixth in the conference with 23 points. We are four points out of uh, fourth place and... Uh, Currently in fourth is Colorado College, uh, but both CC and Minnesota Duluth have games this upcoming weekend. So this weekend when we were uh, playing uh, at uh, Western Michigan, uh, St. Cloud was playing at Miami, and we were the only four conference teams playing this weekend. The other four had this weekend off, and then it'll reverse next weekend where uh, UNO, Western St. Cloud and Miami have the weekend off and then the other four teams are playing. So it's going to be interesting next weekend to see how things shake out uh, and uh, where UNO is left. Jason, what do you think about uh, UNO currently sitting sixth in the NCHC uh, standings right now? It's crazy to see Denver sitting there uh, in fifth place. Yeah, it's and you got to think that that's a team that's not going to stick around there very long. Um, you know, especially with their, their point production is just insane. insane. And yeah, so I, that's one of those teams that you look at in that kind of that middle group that we have right now that I'm just like, I don't know, my money's on them, you know, kind of going on a run here at the end of the season and they'll just be, you know, they'll they i don't i would not be surprised if they chase down st cloud for the two seed um you know i know st cloud's pretty close to north dakota but the goaltending's their big question so that's kind of what you're looking for for them as to where that goes the rest of the teams it's gonna you're in a dogfight, you know and we get those teams like we you know we get that series against miami but we got colorado college coming so it makes that an incredibly um, important series and coming away with six points on that. It, you, you, we've got a far different outlook than, you know, if we split or God, if we get swept by them or something. So, you know, it's those types of things that you kind of look at. Carl college could have a bad weekend this week and lose both their games. And suddenly we're looking at it going, Oh man, you know, they're right for the taking and we could be in a really good position if we sweep and, so, yeah, like you said, a lot's going to determine, you know, when we get our bye week here um, and they have to play and see where they land. Absolutely right. It's certainly an exciting race right there in the middle of the pack in the NCHC. Yeah, UNO has just got to keep plugging away, uh, keep pulling together, hopefully get some more of those uh, regulation wins like they did against uh, Minnesota Duluth. So uh, should be interesting to see uh the next couple weekends uh, and it should be exciting when uh, Colorado college comes into Baxter arena in two weeks. And that's what we're looking at. Next is our series preview of Colorado college coming into Baxter, February 23rd and 24th. 
Uh, the games uh, will start at uh, 7.07 p.m. I just want to give a little note uh, right up front here that that Friday game will be bobblehead night uh, at Baxter Arena. So the first thousand fans will get a bobblehead, which Bridget and I do know what it is, but uh, we don't have confirmation on it yet. So uh, so uh, you'll just have to see what uh, what uh, the bobblehead is going to be. But uh, it's not a Jason like a and John podcast bobblehead, though, right? <laughs> yes, it's not a special edition Mad Podcast bobblehead yet we do not have uh giveaways like that yet but uh sometime that might be fun to uh, give away some of those uh during the season of the mad puck cast people who like comment and share uh and then saturday uno dance marathon is doing something i'll put that in quotes uh but we're not sure what yet so uh be sure to follow uh, Mad Puck uh, on social media because we will have details on that. As we mentioned, uh, talking about uh, the NCHC standings, Colorado College had a bye week this week, as did half of the teams in the conference. As of this recording, uh, CC is 16-9-1 overall. They are 10-6-0 in conference play and 9-3-0 on the road this season. Uh, boy, a Pretty good uh, turnaround. You know, you were talking about how some coaches like to get players from the transfer portal and some are still kind of old school and want to build it the old fashioned way, bringing in uh, freshmen out of the junior ranks. And uh, CC is one of those schools that has not relied on the transfer portal like uh, a school like UNO. Yeah, they kind of grow from within and they've stuck to their guys and their guys have stuck with them. And that's, you know, an important thing. If, if some of those guys start to, to leave and go elsewhere, that's when they kind of starts forcing your hand as to how you're going to do that. But, you know, I think they've done a good job about reading their room. And it seems like when you hear of a guy leave that they kind of just, they had a freshman coming in, that's going to fill that role, you know, no problem. It's, it's a different dynamic, certainly over there when you're dealing with that and, and homegrown talent versus, you know, bringing in four or five players a season. Head coach Chris Mayot is in his third season uh, with CC. He is 38, 55, and 6. Uh, he was an assistant at Providence when UNO played them in the Frozen Four in 2015, and they went on to win the national championship that year. Uh, and he was also briefly uh, an assistant uh, at Michigan, a very talented young coach up and coming. Uh, his assistant coach is a familiar name here in Omaha, Peter Menino, who had a brief stint uh, here in Omaha. You know, he who must not be named. Uh, there's a lot of drama around that. So when he uh, left UNO for uh, Miami uh, a few seasons ago, uh, players to watch. Uh, certainly sophomore forward Noah Laba leads CC with 24 points, 15 goals and nine assists. Uh, he is a Rangers draft pick. Of course, sophomore goaltender Caden Imberico has a 2.51 goals against average and a 0.914 save percentage. Uh, you look back at last season during his freshman campaign, he really was the difference uh, for uh, Colorado College uh, in uh, a lot of those games and uh, certainly is doing well this season, Jason. He is. And if we're going to have success, we're going to need to make it you know a difficult night on him. The, the one thing that I would say you know, puts uh, Cairo College at a little bit of a risk because they've relied on him very heavily through throughout the season. Um, backup goaltenders only played a couple games. So 
you know, if they're going to put uh, Emberico in against us, like we need to pepper him with shots and get traffic in front and make it a miserable night and wear him down. And, you know, I think a lot of teams are looking at like, how long can he, you know, how long can he sustain this? Um, but honestly, like if they put their backup in against us, it's not like, you know, at least statistically in those two games, it's not like he was, you know, going to be a problem for them or something. He has over a 900 save percentage as well. And so, uh, you know, offensively, we've got, we we need a lot of traffic, lots of movement, get pucks through. Um, and honestly, their biggest Achilles heel has been uh, their power play. So we need to take advantage of that. We need to have, you know, a good kill, generate some opportunities, get some momentum on those. Uh, and everything else, we're really close to them. Uh, five on five, you know, our power play versus their penalty kill uh, are, are very even statistically. So it, it's going to be a dogfight for the guys to get six points out of this weekend. One more player I want to point out, sophomore forward Gleb Veremyev. He played in the USHL for the Lincoln Stars. So uh, folks from uh, these parts might uh, remember him. He's second on the team in points with nine goals and nine assists. Uh, he tore an ACL during his freshman season, about midway through that season. Uh, but he's back to form this season. So they're doing better offensively this season uh, than they did last season. And uh and uh, it's interesting to see uh, where Chris Mayotte's got him going. But Jason, I've got to ask you, what's your prediction for this series? Do you think UNO can sweep? Do you think we get swept? Do you think it's a split? What do you think is going to happen against uh, Colorado College coming up here in a couple of weekends? Well, I can tell you we need a sweep, but I don't know that we'll get it. Um, I think that particularly the balance of the attack from the forwards to the defense is going to be problematic for us. Um, Cairo College has three defenders that are in double digits for points. Andrews and Burkholder are both up there, and Burkholder's a freshman. And so this is a team that is generating more from their back end than we've seen them generate in the past. And, you know, it creates a, it creates a problem for teams um, particularly on the penalty kill where they've got more space to operate up there. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think we're going to have to make some adjustments. I think we're going to have to play a, a style that's um, disruptive with those guys, um, but they don't have the standouts. Like they don't have guys that I would look at and say like, they're just dangerous if they ever have the puck. Um, it's just, they're balanced and, you know, we need to be more balanced than they are. So, Jason, what was your pick on that? Did you pick in a split? Split. I'm going to pick a split. Okay. Jason has got a split. Any You're going to make me do Friday, that? Saturday, or no? Yeah, since Bridget has made me do that the past uh, four weekends, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, going <laughs> to win Friday, Saturday? Well, I, I think we lose Friday, win Saturday, because that seems to be our MO is we get a little lost on what we need to do on uh, on Friday, and we'll we'll find a way to ping it out on Saturday. You want to predict whether it's going to be in regulation or that three on three overtime. I'm over like, I want to see overtime, but we're chasing them. It needs to be regulation. How about this? We'll do an overtime loss on Friday to shock people. And then we'll do a regulation win on Saturday. Okay. There you go. We got Jason to pick four out of six, uh, 
four out of six uh, conference points on the weekend. I like that idea. I'll be a little bit more optimistic. I'm going to say UNO is able to put everything together like they did against Minnesota Duluth. UNO needs these conference points to stay in the hunt, stay in the race. And we didn't even touch on this, but the fact of the matter is UNO sitting on the outside looking in of the pairwise rankings. So we need to continue to have positive momentum against these teams that are ahead of us uh, in the pairwise rankings like Colorado college. So, uh, yep. I'm going to say we win both games, uh, hoping for a great crowd, uh, during the weekend, which I'm sure that Mike West and company will, uh, deliver to Baxter arena. So it should be fun. Uh, love to see all of you out there, uh, at Baxter arena. And, uh, I'm sure that they will be running uh, a variety of promos for that series. So I'll be sure to check online for that. Uh, if you can't come to the game, the games will air locally, uh, on the radio on 1290 AM, uh, or on the varsity network app anywhere. Uh, Mike Valencourt and uh, Terry Leahy will, of course, have the call, and you can watch the games uh, online on nchc.tv. And, of course, uh, be sure to follow uh, Mav Puck on our various uh, social media uh, channels. You can find links to those at mavpuck.com, as well as back episodes of this podcast, which we encourage you to watch, and we encourage you to listen to, and we encourage you uh, to subscribe. Uh, but until next time, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs.